Hello, you're listening to episode 15 of 8-Minute Movies, Knives 8, a podcast talking about the 2019 movie Knives Out in 8-Minute Chunks, presented by me, Kieran, and him, Peter. This is a sequential podcast that contains serious spoilers for Knives Out, especially this episode. So you should go watch the show first before listening to the podcast and start this season with episode one. How on earth are you doing today, Peter? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right, thank you. Uh, things are things busy. I'm, I'm I'm moving next week. Well, in about a week, um, and uh, I have I have a murder update. Oh, oh yeah, I, I was gonna ask. Uh, is um, Georgina? No, Georgina was the child. Um, no, 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 no. That was um. What was Br- it? Br- 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 no, was the 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 individual. It was was the individual. Was yeah, the suspect. The suspect. <laughs> and uh, Georgina was the wife, and then uh, there was Br- another Br name. What was uh, it? Uh, Breginald. That's right. Breginald. Yes. Okay. The, good. Was the the daughter? I knew yeah. I should have listened to that before starting this podcast. Um. Yes, so uh, there has been a sighting of uh, Georgina. Oh, is it uh, a legitimate sighting, or is it like a a glimpse of a woman behind behind curtains that could be like explained away by a prop or something? Yeah, she's been spoken to. It's, <laughs> it's uh, a real person, which leaves uh, the murder um, theory in tatters. I would say, uh, although there's still a slight possibility that the potion of youth or whatever has worn off. Uh, right. <laughs> yes, that was our backup plan. We haven't seen Breginald since. I um, I, I like the idea that at some point in the future you'll forget about this section and uh, having become friends with your neighbours, be like, oh, listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That is never going to happen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Friends and uh, neighbours, what do you think I am? I might, um, I might, I might just pop an anonymous note through, through the letterbox. <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> we know you did the murder, <laughs> Brobastian. <laughs> um, yeah, perfectly alive. The true crime podcast has been—it's <laughs> been nixed before it even got off the ground. Oh god, damn it! I've already pre-spent the, you know, advance money. <laughs> oh wait, you're listening to this. There, there was no advance money. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, <laughs> I got away with that. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my life at the moment. Just. Uh, putting things in boxes and waiting for more things to go in boxes. Mm. Yeah, I think the hardest part is uh, getting up all the old carpets and uh, taking them to the new place and putting them back down. Uh, we're, we're, we're not doing that. Oh, you're just going to waste those carpets? Uh, I, I imagine what will happen is that... Uh, <laughs> Our current landlord will rip all of the carpets off and uh, throw them into a furnace. <laughs> and, oh dear! They're, they're just—they're fine. They're just worn at this mm. point. They're fifteen years old. Did you? Uh, did Did you remember to check the attic for things? 
Yeah, we did uh, clear out of the attic quite early on in the process, actually. That's one of the first things we did. Mm. Uh, we've got a few more things to grab from up there, but it's it's mostly it's mostly done. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, it's, it's weird because we have thrown out so much stuff already <laughs> and we have put so much stuff in boxes already and there still seems like an infinite number of more things to put in in, in boxes i don't know how this happens did you um have you have you packed up your your piano yet no i mean it only dismantles <laughs> into two parts so <laughs> that should be fairly straightforward i need to look up instructions and in, in how to unscrew it because i didn't screw it together myself uh, yeah, you wisely paid the piano assemblers. Yeah, so I just need to yeah. figure out how to disassemble it, and then I'll um, uh, I- I'll do that. That's really anything else can be broken, and it'll be annoying, but not devastating. If <laughs> if that gets broken somehow on the way, that's going to be difficult to deal with. So that's the th- that's the thing I'm most worried about. Uh, perhaps it'll finally be time for me to build you that Monono. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to build me a uh, a record holder <laughs> before uh, you know before the dark times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, I, we should talk about that when we're not recording a podcast. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I forgot that we were about just having a conversation for a second there. <laughs> Yeah, I, start, I got I got all the bits. It's just it just it took three hundred odd days to arrive, and then I got ill. <laughs> um, I did have a question, a really annoying question for you. Uh, I actually find all of your questions somewhat annoying. <laughs> okay, now this one's going to be really annoying. Did you buy the paint already? Uh, no. Okay, good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want that color anymore. We're getting rid of the thing that I wanted you to match it with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh... <laughs> oh, good. Okay. This is great content. This... Everything. We're we're, <laughs> we're great content producers. Yeah. This uh, this this little bit of of the podcast where it's just yeah. two people talking about stuff completely without content. I mean, we yeah. didn't even explain what the Monono is. Um, <laughs> no, we didn't. No. It, think of this as kind of a slice of life uh, <laughs> moment, just completely out of context. You can just enjoy having a little window into our weird little lives and uh, then leave in the satisfaction that you don't actually have to be involved with them in any way. <laughs> the um, the Monono is my idea for a, uh, for a single key piano where you... Um, you you you've got like a tone arm you can move back and forth to which actual note it'll play and mm. then you just press the one key it's um unrealistic mm. <laughs> yeah oh dear um so, yeah <laughs> that's me how are you uh i am also good i am warm because it is warm again unfortunately uh, mm. it was slightly less warm for one day and then the warmth has returned i uh, i wish it hadn't um i have been playing a video game you know like people used to do in the long long ago uh i i remember yeah mm. what video game have you been playing i have been playing cult of the lamb Ah, Cult of the Lamb, mm. published by Devolver Over Digital. Digital, yeah. yes. 
Um, that's where I heard about it when they did that absolutely bonkers game reveal stream. It was just in there, and I was like, oh, that looked, that looked good. I put it yeah. on my Steam wish list, and Steam was like, that game you wanted is released. And I was like, then I bought it. This isn't an interesting story. Like, the acquisition of the game is not. Yeah, you, you heard about the game in a fa- via a fairly standard kind of <laughs> path. It was advertised to you. And yeah. And you thought, yes, I would like that game. And, yeah, the, and then the, you got that game. The yes. game was the game was advertised to me, and then later I purchased it when it became yes. available. Um the system list, works. Listeners, this episode is uh, is really going places uh so far. Yeah. Um so so the game itself. Uh, I've heard vaguely good things about it. I don't know very much about it though. Tell tell me about this. Okay, so um it's sort of like a weird cross between um, the binding of Isaac and Animal Crossing. That's, that's how okay. how best I can describe it. Um, so uh, it, you start off, uh, no real spoilers, because this is literally the first thing that happens in the game. Uh, you are the last lamb, um, and you are executed. Uh, by uh, the four bishops of the old faith, because they think there's a prophecy that a, a cult led by a lamb will cause their fifth member a horrible godlike thing called the one who waits um, to like rise again. Um, Mm-hmm. But they so they think that if they kill off all the lambs, then that cult, that prophecy cannot possibly come true. However, uh, the when you die, you are brought back to life and put in a position to start this cult. So, oh no, they they really messed up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game is sort of neatly divided into two different bits. Um, mm-hmm. There's um, growing the cult, which is. Um, mostly cleaning up their poop at first um right. you you get a couple of cultists and um you have to assign them chores like uh cut down trees and uh mine stone and things like that mm-hmm. um and then uh you realize that you don't really have enough cultists to like they work too slowly they're not achieving what you need so you need more cultists so mm-hmm. um you go on crusades, which are sort of binding of Isaac style roguelite um, things where you're, uh, there are a lot of interconnected rooms and you fight enemies in each room. And then some of the rooms have like people you don't fight with who give you law or like upgrades or things like that. You know, the sort of style <laughs> thing I mean. Um yeah. And it's, it's going really good so far. I'm, I'm very into it. Um, uh, one of the things you build uh, as, like, you build structures, you know, in your little Animal Crossing world. Oh, yeah. I, I, I should mention they are all little fluffy animal people. That's that's w- what gives it a big Animal Crossing vibe. And like, right. like, like, no matter what happens to them, they seem cheerful. Even if you, you know, um, have them sacrificed for your your own power, or um, <laughs> or if they just die of old age in front of you. Um, yeah, one of the buildings you can build is a temple uh, inside which you can um, yeah, create edict um, uh, commandments. I think the game calls them, right. um, and uh, they both give you like like. There's five different sort of categories, like you know, um, 
sustenance and the afterlife and things like that. And whenever you pick one, it gives you a choice between two um, sort of commandments you can issue, and they're usually sort of like polar opposites. So, and whichever one of those two you pick will guide the cult that way by unlocking a ritual that lets you do something related to that. So, like um, one of the ones I, um, I I just unlocked gives you the choice between two rituals, one of which turns like a um, one of your cultists into a tax collector who goes around and gathers money off everybody for you, and another which turns them into sort of like a a loyalty enforcer, which means they go around like increasing everyone's loyalty levels. So if you get traitors in the cult, that's a thing that can happen. They right. um, they don't have quite so much big an effect. Okay. Uh, I've had a couple of traitors, but um, I've dealt with them quite quickly by just sacrificing them uh, before they have a chance to really, really start spreading um, bad vibes about me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's 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 a really entertaining game. And like um, on top of the crusading thing as well, there's like just some other random locations you can explore. Uh, like you can go and visit the uh, the person who had your job before you, the previous like high priest of this cult who's retired now and, and all, all he wants to do is play uh, play dice games with you um and there are other sort of locations to get unlocked as the game goes on like uh, there's a fishing mini game i know some people will be excited by that mm-hmm. uh, uh it sounds a little bit like an idea for a game that we once had that i don't want to go into in too much detail because we might still make that yeah sometime. yeah yeah no no it, uh, yeah. The, the more i think about it the more it, it is very similar to that yeah <laughs> Um, but yes, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm enjoying it. I am playing it on easy, and I am something like six hours in, I think. Right. But yeah, there's you have to defeat the four old gods, and then presumably something else will happen. Yeah, I've done two of them so far. Well, I will probably play. It. I as I say, I only vaguely heard of it. I only know it as the game that had to come out before Return to Monkey Island can come out uh, because that's also published by Devolver <laughs> and so I assumed it was coming out sometime after this game you, you've, start, you've started to measure them in like game release cycles have you? <laughs> well look I'm not saying that I've been closely scrutinizing the behavior of Devolver Digital over the last year <laughs> and trying to ascertain from that when they might uh, be releasing Return to Monkey Island. But I am saying that I think they'll release Return to Monkey Island on approximately September the 19th. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine if like your internet was down or something or your... Uh, I can't think of anything else that would stop it happening. Uh, your fingers fell off, maybe? The thing is, they're going to be at Gamescom next week, and uh-huh. there's going to be a new trailer, and I'm going to guess a release date as well is going to be announced uh, next week. So by the time this goes out, everyone will know whether I was right or not. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Listeners, if he was wrong, email us. Um <laughs> Uh, just uh, just so you know, I, I'll t- I'll take approximately right because at the moment <laughs> the only release window that's been given is uh, 2022. There's no month has been given or any other uh, details. I'm just uh, I- I'm I'm saying it's September the 19th. Oh, 
isn't a Monday like a weird day to release a game? Yep, it is. Uh, but it's International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh Jesus on that Christ! Monday. <laughs> and, uh, is that uh, still a thing? It is. Yeah, it is still a thing. And uh, they've been we on a weekly basis on Mondays uh, releasing a little clip from Return to Monkey Island, and it just so happens that there are exactly ten of those. Or by the time. Uh, uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day comes along, they will have done exactly 10 of those. So it seems to me to be just a neat, tidy thing that they plan to do 10 little Monday clips and then release the game on the International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Well, um, I, uh, I hope you prove to be right. Uh, I'm not saying that's definitely going to be true. It might be that they just, uh, it's going to be that week or something like that because, like, uh, I think it's coming out on Switch and Switch games tend to get released on Thursdays Mm. uh, and stuff like that. But that's, I'm going to say it's there or that week or thereabouts is when it's coming out because uh, Devolver have also been releasing a game approximately on average once a month since the beginning of the year. And I thought you were going to say from the beginning of time. <laughs> Since the beginning of time, Devolver have released one game a month. Uh, Jesus, and, that's a lot of games. And yeah, mid mid September, it's going to be about a month since they released the Cult of the Lamb. So that that's mm. so to me, all these little things are kind of adding up to. I reckon that's where they're going with it. Also, just to note, just so you know <laughs> how closely I've been watching this. Um, they've re- they've announced a, a few other games uh, for 2022 as well, apart from Return to Monkey Island, that are still yet to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I had a look at their Twitter um, feed and thought, how many mentions have they made of these other games? Does it look like any of them are gearing up for an imminent release? Well, the other games, they've barely talked about them too, uh, at, at all in the last month, uh, but uh-huh. they've done a lot of tweets about Return to Monkey Island. So I think that's their next release. Um, so, yeah, bit of a digression from, from Cold of the Lamb, sorry. But, but uh, that's why I am aware of that game, because I've been looking at their account and going, oh, they've been, they talked about Cult of the Lamb quite a lot before they released it, and now they're talking about Return to Monkey Island quite a lot. I reckon they're gearing up for a release. And then there's all these other things about talk like a pirate day and the Monkey Island Monday tweets that they've been doing that that, that kind of add up. So I'm excited. I um I, w- I was rather hoping at some point during that whole an explanation of how you've been following it either to say enter Peter Silk. Um enter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've put it all together. Um <laughs> <laughs> I bet you I bet you rolled all your sleeves all the way up though. <laughs> uh I, I did, yeah. Uh, I mean they're they're short sleeves, so yeah, you're, hard, but... you're wearing a t shirt, so now you just look like an idiot, but <laughs> yes. um, uh but yeah, Culture of the Lamb. I have heard a few good things from different people about mm. that uh now and I'm kind of interested in it, but I just don't <sighs> Partially because I know that there's this other game that I'm desperate <laughs> to play coming out soon, and also I'm moving house and all of that sort of thing. I don't really want to start anything when I'm going to get mm. easily distracted by it, so I'll probably play it. I don't know, maybe sometime later in the year. Yeah, it's a little. Um, it's it's really good, very entertaining. It's a little bit sort of plate spinning y, if you know what I mean. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're you're managing like, uh 
10 or 15 different things and uh your followers will often come up to you with increasingly bizarre requests that you can either fulfill or um say no but if you say no then you take a hit on faith which is like the game's most important currency of right. the seven or eight currencies it has <laughs> but yeah i really like the law as well it's very sort of fun they've, they've done a it holds together very well. It's sort of very entertaining. I, I like it. I like it. Yes, I tend to enjoy the games that Devolver publish. <laughs> That's been historically true for me. So I'm sure I will uh, enjoy this one too. I mean, I feel I should point out that I'm absolutely fucking atrocious at, at that, that sort of rogue-like point. You, you move towards thing and then click to hit it um, kind of combat. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, fortunately, there's a sort of like a weapon system where whenever you go on a one of these crusades, you get two random weapons um, that are sometimes terrible and sometimes great. <laughs> <laughs> but they you can change them if you're lucky over the course of like one run. So, yeah, I knew that there was some sort of management aspect of to it because I'd just seen that in some screenshots or something, but I didn't know about this other part to it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't really know too much about it going in, um, but I, I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying it. Good. Peter, I bring, you, I bring you grave news of serious circumstance. Okay. Are you ready? I don't know, but you're, you're going to say it either way, I, I believe. Are you sitting down? Yeah. What, what do you think I got to my feet while recording <laughs> this? <laughs> Peter, it's the penultimate episode. It is the penultimate episode. I knew that. It is. Because I pointed that out to you and you didn't believe me. Well, I just lost track of where we were in the numbers. Yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's my podcast. I can ban you. <laughs> I can go back and laboriously edit you out of all of the previous ones, making them just very Baroque and strange in the process. Strange. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we've, we've, we've pretty much reached the end of, of Knives Out. Um, we got this episode, then next episode, and that's it. That's, that's season three in the seasonal bag. Yep. Yep. So what does that mean for the uh, future it, <laughs> of the podcast? It, it means we have to pick a film for season four, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's not let's not do that now. Let's not make the mistake we made earlier in the episode and start doing admin about our lives while we should be recording a podcast. <laughs> oh, this this is at least somewhat related to the podcast. I mean, picking a subject for the podcast is is podcast business, right? It's not we, AOB. <laughs> I don't think we should let people in on that process. Yeah, that feels like a no. step too far. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We yeah. should. We should let. We should present a list of uh, three or four, and then let the let the patrons pick on Patreon. Hmm. Mm. Let's. Uh, ugh, no ugh. audience participation. <laughs> um, no, I'm not sure. Let's not name, sure that's what this is. Let's name <laughs> some films that we're not going to do instead. Uh, all right. Um, the Dark Side of the Moon from 1991. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Shit, I, I said that, although I would quite like to do that. It's just that it's it's so vain because I'm literally the only person on fucking earth who's seen that movie. <laughs> right. Uh, Geostorm from a few years ago. Um, the Core. Um, uh, I don't think we'll do Labyrinth next. I don't know. Oh, That's not quite, a bad idea. To is, yeah, I would quite like that. to do Labyrinth, actually. <laughs> Labyrinth? No, that's no, that one's too hard. Um, uh, oh, you've put me on the spot to just think of a film that I think is mediocre. <laughs> like, oh, no, not not mediocre. Just just not worth talking about for sixteen weeks. Mm. Uh gonna say the mummy but i quite like the mummy <laughs> well i can only i can only think of films that i think are are good or okay right now <laughs> uh, manos hands of fate we're probably not gonna do that one. Oh, oh boy no i think i think that's been covered extensively elsewhere yeah um ooh, aliens versus predator requiem there we go mm-hmm. yeah uh we're probably not going to do that Mr. Bean film that came out a few years ago. Oh, is it the one called Bean? Bean, yeah. Probably not going to do Bean. <laughs> um, I've got nothing against Bean, the film, by the way. I just don't think we're going to do it. Why do you, why do you, say, why do you say it so aggressively? <laughs> Uh, I was even I was even look, tr- looking at my DVD collection for inspiration, but I've I've moved it recently and I can't quite read the titles from where I'm sitting. Uh, Star Trek Nemesis. There we go. Not yeah. definitely, definitely not doing that. Yeah, not Ugh. doing that. No. Well, I think that's just uh, that, that's probably enough films that we're not going to do in the next season of uh, eight minute movies. Anything animated. It's a lot harder to talk about special effects animation because it's just someone drawing it. I don't mean to belittle their work because Jesus, it's like a thousand times harder than making a regular movie. But yeah, doesn't doesn't quite fit our mo. I guess I don't know. Oh uh, no, no movie for which someone has tweeted a uh, a pun name with eight in it at us. Um, <laughs> mm. <laughs> we're, not, we're not taking suggestions from the crowd. Um, um, <laughs> although we will be using some of those we thought of them first <laughs> we uh, won't do as our next season an episode of Columbo even though they are feature length <laughs> yes that's true we s- certainly won't be doing any old port in a storm from season 6 I think no Kind of want to do it now that I've said it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's because it's, it's, it's got Donald Pleasance in it. He, he, mm. he, he. Oh, if you need someone to play someone who's mostly controlled but a little bit absolutely fucking bananas, Donald Pleasance was your man. <laughs> and that's that would be a great one to do as well because you know it better than me. I've I've, I've <laughs> kind of vaguely seen it once that episode. Oh god! All right, we'll talk about liquid filth later. 
Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, all right. So, um, <laughs> introduce the concept. No, I'm not going to introduce the concept. You, 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 you have hopefully been listening to this for 14 prior episodes of this. Right, yeah, I mean, we, we've done it all before. If, if Go back and listen from the first episode, there's some yeah, sort of explanation the there. Yeah. Uh, it gets increasingly bad as, as, as the show goes on. Yeah. Please, are, please don't put that as a quote anywhere. It gets increasingly bad as the show goes on. Go back to episode one when we were all so full of hope. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, have you have you got your bell ready? Uh, I think it's just down there. Yeah, there it is. I do uh, have my bell ready. Oh, uh, that's good because I've lost mine. As is tradition. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna buy a big bag of them, so I'll never. I'll never not have a bell nearby. And then one day I'm going to trip getting out of bed, and I'm gonna play a beautiful campanology solo. Um. <laughs> and you're gonna say, "Oh, I've fallen on me bell bag." <laughs> I am not no. <laughs> that's that's not that's not my voice. Why would you say? Why would you? What accent is that? I'm quite offended. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on to let's not talk about the thing. Peter, who don't you want to hear about today? Well, I'll tell you. I want to hear about Ram Bergman, producer. It's, oh, oh! I see you've. I see someone's been at the IMDb page again. Uh, just uh, sick of not having an answer for it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we go through this in one season where you're, you're not allowed to look at the IMDb page? Um, how about Jaden Martell playing Jacob Thromby? Uh, God, isn't that who I said last time? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um. Well, but I, yeah. I wasn't prepared to go and swap them around just to make you happy. Um, I mean, I think I would like to, but I just have a quick query before, and you mm -hmm. might cover this. In the thing I'm looking at at the moment, uh, the surname is different. Okay. Are you going to cover that in your explanation? Is, is the surname Libera? Yes. Then yes, <laughs> great. Okay, then I uh, await that explanation on the edge of my seat. Well, uh, we changed his name, didn't he? I mean, that's <laughs> it's not it's not rocket science. Uh, Jaden Martell, born Libra. There you go. Uh, born January the fourth, two thousand and three, is an American actor. Uh, he played the role of Bill Denver in the twenty seventeen film adaptation of Stephen King's novel It and reprised the role in the film's 2019 sequel. He also appeared in the mystery film Knives Out and starred in the miniseries Defending Jacob in 2020. Martel's first acting role was in a commercial for Hot Wheels. <laughs> oh, Hot Wheels. You remember Hot Wheels? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Little, little tiny cars. It's good. Um, he appeared in several other commercials after that, including Google, MoneySupermarket.com, Liberty Mutual, Verizon, and General Electric. His first major feature film role was 2014's St. Vincent, where he starred alongside Bill Murray. Um, do you want to know a fact about him and his career that's kind of weird? Yes. Uh, Knives Out is the second movie where Michael Shannon plays his dad. 
Okay. Uh, the first being Midnight Special. Fair enough. But that's that's weird, right? That's that's got to have never happened before. I think that must have happened before. Well, I mean, like if yeah. it, if it was a series or something, if it was like a a film series where you were playing the same characters, but surely okay, not. Yes, like Home Alone, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surely not like you know uh, um uh, we're looking for an actor to play your son oh i i've worked with this other actor who's played my son before let's hire him you know that i'm not saying that's how he got the job i'm just saying it's a weird thing right it's weird it's, it's it's a little weird. I reckon that's happened before, though. If you uh, if you play someone's dad three times, you become their dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have to uh, yeah. have to take on their biological father in single combat. Yes. Oh god, that is that is strange. Um, okay. Um, I think it might be time for us to move on to the podcast meet. I haven't said that for a few episodes. All right, let's do that let's do let's do the meet peter let's let's review your answers from the previous episode oh i can't wait if you were seeing this for the first time who do you think the murderer is and how did they done it and you said uh uh ransom is the attempted murderer but thromby killed himself which is correct as mm. far as we're aware um and you said what happens next you said there's more denouement which eventually gets to the crux of the point being that fran is in the hospital which Ransom didn't know, and that will lead to a little bit of deception by Marta. Hmm. So yeah, I think you are quite right there. I think it's, you know, I think of all the bits in the movie you would remember, you would remember the big wrap-up at the end most, so. Yeah, although there are parts of this that I did not remember very well, and I'll get to that as we start talking about it. Oh. And uh, with, with that little bit of weight bait, yeah, we're bringing that back. Um, it's time for us to go and watch one hour and 52 minutes to two hours of Knives Out. Blanc agrees with Ransom. They have no evidence. Ransom points out that Marta has confessed, but Blanc pushes on. His, um, his appearance here, where he's got his tie tucked into his shirt and his shirt sleeves rolled up, was uh, something that Daniel Craig came up with, who said it was like something an ex-cop would do. And uh, uh, Ryan Johnson was like, I wasn't sure if that was true, but it looked fine. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Why so, not? Sh- sure. Okay. Yeah. In a flashback narrated by Blanc, we see Ransom arrive later that evening. He'd have to swap the vials back, but the dogs bark and he has to leave. Hmm. Um... <laughs> How do you think the dog trainers made the dogs bark at Chris Pratt? Um, by not introducing the dogs to him beforehand and making him a surprise visitor. That's 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 quite a good way. Uh, what what they actually did was uh, show the dogs that he had tennis balls in his coat pockets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they they come up and bark excitedly, and then he threw the balls for them. (laughs) (laughs) They're not, uh, in fact, uh, angry at seeing him and trying to defend the house. They're just, they really want to play, is the reason that they've (laughs) they've come up to him. That's that's sweet. 
this, of course, as I think you might comment, is the only part of the testimony from earlier which wasn't explained by Marta's story from the beginning. Mm. You just remember Meg woke up and... Um, uh, sorry, Meg was woken up in the night by some the dogs barking from outside. Yes. And uh, Marta has n- no part of Marta's story explains that. That's true. Mm. Um, the dogs not barking when Marta is there, but actually barking when Ransom there is a homage to the Sherlock Holmes story, Silver Blaze. There is also the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime, but the dog did nothing in the nighttime. That is the curious incident. See, there you go. Mm. I mean, like, um, I was reluctant to mention that because I thought it was fairly obvious. <laughs> sure. If dog, if dogs do something in a nighttime now, everyone's like, oh, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Blank says it's okay. He can just swap the vials tomorrow. But tomorrow doesn't bring what he expects. Harlan committed suicide. He wasn't murdered. We see Ransom place a newspaper article about Harlan's death and a wadge of notes into an envelope. Beneath the envelope, the open New Yorker article about Benoit Blanc. And you sort of have to wonder what level of misplaced confidence that you need in order to hire a renowned detective to investigate <laughs> a death that you're ultimately responsible for. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's classic... It's a classic move for this genre, isn't it? I mean, that's, yeah. that happens in at least two Columbo episodes I can think of where someone's like, ha ha, uh, Columbo, you will surely exonerate me. And he's like, will I though? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, Columbo is uh, 100% a series about the uh, the hubris of rich people <laughs> who think that they're uh, above suspicion. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I think that's what makes it such a good series as well. Yeah. It's uh, he, He's never going after the little person. It's always mm-hmm. someone rich who's tried to do something very naughty and get away with it. Usually murder. Um, and believe that they're too clever to be caught. Yes. Oh, God. Um, how much money does Ransom pay Benoit Blanc? Uh, I tried to look at that, but I didn't quite notice it the second time when I tried to look. Was it? W- was the top note a hundred? Yeah, it's an inch high stack of hundred dollar bills. Is it that high? I didn't notice it was that high. I thought yeah. it was quite a thick watch, but it's got to be a lot, right? Mm. It's to twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Hence the envelope of cash. Um, yeah. How oh, much work. Do you think that? Was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's there for what a few days. He probably does a bit of research beforehand. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, plus, he's <laughs> also been paid by the killer to investigate his own crime. <laughs> right. It's like a week's work, right? <laughs> oh boy! If 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 only if only I was a smart detective, I think possibly eight to ten times a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Back in the present, Blanc spins around, ticking off the points you enumerated earlier. You know a crime has been committed by Marta, you need her to be caught for it, and you cannot reveal how you know. Enter 
Benoit Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> like literally theatrical. Yeah, he he spins on his heel and the camera pans past the knife thrown zooming in on his face as he says this. Yeah. And it's it's just marvelous. It's like it, it theatrical doesn't begin to describe it. I couldn't take it seriously. If someone did this in a room with me, I would laugh at them so hard my yeah. spleen would burst. <laughs> Oh, um, it, and here again, uh, Elliot starts to interrupt, but Wagner excitedly shushes him. So here again, we, we get troop Elliot's like, Blanc, please stop this. <laughs> he's, he's overruled by his subordinate. <laughs> yeah, but 100% on uh, Wagner's side here. Yes, obviously, let, let Blanc do his thing at this point. <laughs> the, uh, um, the script here says Elliot can't help but roll his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I think this little this little bit of Wagner is absolutely adorable. He's absolutely hanging on every word yeah. that Black is saying. Uh, um, I, I also like that he's really in character because he, he's watched all of those detective movies and right. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think this is like how I would be if I saw Columbo solving a crime. Yeah. Of, or Poirot or one of those, you know. Um, this uh, this little scene wasn't originally in the script. Uh, it was a little joke they tried out in a rehearsal, and like him being shushed, and it, it worked so well that they decided to film it. But it was um like a really low priority shot because it's just a throwaway gag, basically. Yeah. Uh, and they had a really tight shooting schedule, so it ended up being literally the last shot of the entire production. <laughs> just just really snuck in under the wire. I'm glad they did it because it's it's quite a memorable moment in the end. <laughs> Blank explains. With the body discovered, the police and medical examiner were there, and Ransom couldn't get to the bag to change them back. I am. Um, I was a little curious about this. Why wouldn't they take Marta's medical bag with them anyway, as a matter of course? Uh, it's a good point. Never really thought about it before. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if there was a suspicious death involving an elderly man who was receiving like daily care from a nurse i would investigate the nurse <laughs> even if it seemed like a suicide i don't know yeah i suppose so i guess the, the it because of the slit throat and everything it just seemed so clearly a case mm. uh, of that was the cause of the death maybe it didn't even occur to them to yeah. uh, investigate that yeah, well, um, what, what, what did they want to call their show? Um, fine cops or okay cops? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, it was okay cops. They're just fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they solve some crimes. Yeah, and that's why Ransom missed the funeral. In flashback, we see him arrive and enter the study unobserved, or so he thinks. When Fran appears. She peers up the stairs at Ransom, unobserved, and watches him tamper with Harlan's medication. Marta realises that Fran was trying to tell her this earlier. That Hallmark movie with Danico McKellar, deadly by surprise. (laughs) 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 um, There's some excellent side-eye from an eye-rolling from Lieutenant Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Danico McKellar was thrilled to find out she'd been included in the movie um 
and later sent director Ryan Johnson a knife with the words deadly by surprise engraved on it. <laughs> Not a real movie. <laughs> I just thought I should mention that. Blunk says she wanted to test her theory that Ransom was a murderer by getting a copy of the Tox report, but he doesn't know how. Marta explains Fran had a cousin who works as a receptionist at the examiner's office. Uh-huh. Fran doesn't know how to read the numbers on the Tox report, just that she thinks it proves Ransom is guilty. She sends him a copy as the blackmail note, and he's delighted. He thinks that Marta messed up the drugs and that the Tox report will prove it. Mm. He goes to the will reading to enjoy himself, safe in the knowledge that it'll all be undone later. Mm. Mm. The Slayer rule. Yeah. And then Marta confesses to him, which flips everything around. It turns out Marta has committed no crime, and the Tox report will prove that. The changed will will stand. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the reason I haven't made many comments up till this point is because my kind of overarching comment to all of the things that you just described is that I feel like every time I watch this film, uh, I always forget quite how twisty, turny these little details of yeah. how it all fits together are. It's kind of you, you get these misunderstandings on top of other misunderstandings and misdirections and mm. it, it's it's actually really quite intricate what's happening here, how all of these little pieces of it um, uh, fit together. So there's like the uh, Fran observing the thing and he d- didn't know that and then uh, we have the tox report, which they think is one way, but it isn't. It's the other way. Oh, hey. And uh, then the letter getting sent to the wrong person and, <laughs> and uh, or, or, or getting sent to one person and then getting sent on to another person who thinks it was intended for them. And this, it's a real neat bit of machinery. Mm, yeah. I, I, I really like how it all comes together in the end. I mean, um, I think I, I've said at some point before in this that when we were watching it in the cinema, I came up with two solutions, and and one of them was the right one. So I was, <laughs> I was, I I don't normally try and solve along like murder mystery shows. I just ended up doing it for this one, and I, I was just really thrilled <laughs> that I managed to get there. I didn't have all the details right, but like I knew what the solution would be. <laughs> Uh, uh, Blank quotes the things that Ransom has said earlier, like, you're not going to give up the money, and then we see Ransom saying them in flashback, (laughs) which is quite a nice trick. Yeah. um... It ends with, in for a penny, in for a pound, and we see Ransom in flashback burn down the medical examiner's office with a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, I was wondering how common that phrase is generally in the US, because I'm not sure. Yeah, mm, yeah that, that's true. I, mm. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I don't know. I, uh, is this another odd turn of phrase for Blanc to be making that someone yeah. from the US wouldn't ordinarily uh, say, or is that just a phrase that is used as is and hasn't been kind of translated uh in the in the US I'm not not sure 
Well, I mean, in, in for a cent, in for a dollar is not as catchy, is it? Uh, they use penny as well, though, to talk about cents, so they could say in for a penny, in for a dollar. They could say yeah. that. Yeah, but, still, but it's, 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 it hasn't got the alliteration. Yeah. Do they just say it? And if so, if you've used this phrase and you understand this phrase and it's in, and it's in everyday use in the US, have you ever thought about what it actually means? <laughs> or is it only just occurring to you now that it's talking about um, UK currency? <laughs> uh, write in and let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did here's the, the 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 Molotov cocktail? It's the missing bottle from his windowsill. We spoke about it earlier. We did. Yeah, they um they dressed the set of his apartment with those bottles and then took one away, and it's used here to burn down. The medical examiner's office. Yeah. We see the fire spread, boiling away test tubes of blood. We see, later, Ransom sending the anonymous email to Marta, asking her to meet at 10. He tears the end of the blackmail note off, setting an 8 a.m. rendezvous, and then delivers it to Marta's home. Later, at 8 a.m., he arrives at the laundry. Hmm. Fran is waiting, gleefully explaining he's guilty and that he's going to pay for it and Ransom rushes her drugs her with a cloth over her mouth then injects her with morphine hmm. so again, I think this is what we were talking about earlier is that, that Fran like he gives her an overdose of morphine and she's okay for two hours hmm. <laughs> until Marta arrives so uh, maybe it's just less morphine maybe, yeah, and I don't know how the sedation would affect that as well Mm. Um, it seems uh, it seems a bit odd, but anyway, uh, the, the the other thing that I was thinking here is I, I'm not sure. Fran had a bad plan here. Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible plan. Like yeah. if she if she was waiting there with the police, it would have right. been an, it would have been a good plan, or with someone else. I mean, like go to an anonymous place, like when no one knows you're going, uh, with someone you think is a murderer who is physically stronger than you is um, <laughs> like, like this comes up time and again in this sort of show though. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's so common as to be a trope that you, you try and blackmail the murderer. I mean, she's not actually blackmailing him. She's just catching him, yeah. but um, geez. <laughs> it seems she didn't even have a plan to defend herself. She seemed almost surprised when he <laughs> kind of starts advancing on her. Why is that a surprise? Yeah, yeah, she's like <laughs> she's like stay away from me. I didn't think about this part. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um I I was also quite pleased that we managed to get um that that classic trope of murder mysteries where you knock somebody out with a with a a rag over their mouth with some sort of knockout drop on it. Ah yes. Jolly good. Who, who knows what that is? Not explained. Fine, let's move on. <laughs> it just happened. Blank explains Ransom was going to make an anonymous call to the police and have Marta found with the evidence and a dead body. Marta realizes that Fran wasn't saying, You did this, but you did this. <laughs> a bit silly, but I'll allow it. Because <laughs> uh, Ransom makes the staff, the staff call him Hugh because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're an asshole. I, I feel like this is just looking at how Marta says this. This is finally kind of 
full acceptance of, oh, he is actually literally just an asshole, and this probably applies to the rest of the family too. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, the, um, the difference in dialogue between you did this and Hugh did this is so subtle mm. uh, that they had to have the actress playing Fran exaggerate what she was saying to a ridiculous degree. Um, <laughs> this is the seventh take they did, and by far the longest. <laughs> You, you. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Blank explains it would have worked if the police hadn't have arrested him so that he couldn't have called them, and Fran hadn't stashed a copy of the tox report, and if Marta didn't have a kind heart saving Fran's life. As Blank talks, there are little cutaways of Ransom being arrested, Fran stashing the tox report, mm-hmm. Marta saving Fran. And uh, they decided on all these little inserts in the editing room, reusing little snippets from earlier in the film. Ransom seems surprised that Fran's alive, and Blunk says that she's going to corroborate the story. Marta's phone rings. It's the hospital. She turns away and answers it. It's great news. Fran is okay and ready to talk. Now, um... Yes. Do we think <laughs> that she's still on the phone when she says, Doctor, that's great news? <laughs> um, so, so I think I think for the naughty listeners who aren't who haven't seen the last sixteen minutes of this movie, um, Fran is not okay. Fran is dead. Yes. Um, so Marta is telling a little fib here, which yeah. uh, we all know what that leads to. Um, but uh, <laughs> the implication is if she's still on the phone, the doctor says something like, I am so sorry, Fran has passed, passed away. away. And then she says, Doctor, that's great news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I assume, I assume she hangs up before she takes the right. phone away from her face. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot easier with mobile phones than it was with the old style clicky landline <laughs> yeah <laughs> they stand to put ransom in custody while they take fran's statement ransom approaches her and says that she knows that she's stealing their ancestral family home <laughs> blank laughs and says that harlem bought the place in the 80s I, again this is uh, this is something that i really like about uh blank's personal personality yeah let's let's go with that pronunciation of that word uh fine uh yeah this is something i like about his his personality that he can't quite help himself but to be interfering yeah plus um also um he must have done his research i mean i wouldn't have known yeah when someone's house was recently sold like off the top of my head you know yeah no he really doesn't like them and hasn't <laughs> liked them from the start really he, he he probably when he did his research on this family he realized oh uh-huh, yeah i know exactly the kind of people that i'm dealing with here mm. Ransom snaps and says he's had enough of that Kentucky Fried Foghorn Leghorn drawl. <laughs> Is that any sort of ad lib or was that written? Do you know? I don't. I don't know, but it's a good line. 
it's it's very good yeah he says uh, yeah i killed fran but i guess i didn't so what do you have on me nothing attempted murder arson for the building with a good lawyer which i have i'll be out in no time and then you'll see just how much havoc i can wreak on your life you vicious little bitch so mm. um uh, they went back and forth with Chris Evans on that line a couple of times to get it perfect because it's a, a yes, I killed the bastard and I'll do it again monologue, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> yeah. we've seen time and time again in detective shows, and they wanted it to be really special. I think they did a really good job. It's pretty good, yeah. I Now, uh, as you were saying before we started recording, attempted murder, actually quite serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like prosecuted almost as harshly. As murder, I mean, he because the only I, difference is that you didn't succeed. <laughs> yeah, he he he's demonstrating the arrogance of his character here. I think, right. uh, like, he is not getting out of prison for a long time, no matter how good his lawyer is. Right. I mean, like, uh, if it was like an accident or something, then yeah, like a rich person could probably throw their money behind game, but it. I mean, he injected her with morphine. I mean, that's <laughs> that's fairly serious. Yeah. Oh dear. And that brings us to the end of this penultimate episode. Just one left to go, Peter. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. Did that little ghost noise? <laughs> so, um, now we've just got. Uh, I, I guess for the last time, um, who who do you think's the murderer, Peter? Well, I mean, it's the same answer as last time. It is. It, it is. It it's ransom was responsible for the whole thing, but ultimately, it was Harlan that did the deed to himself. And Marta did no crime. No crimes here, except being somewhat negligent with not checking those vials, but. Uh, I guess trying to evade the police. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, wasting but police time. I don't know. <laughs> she did say that ransom made her do that, so she's probably yeah. in the clear. Oh, that's true. Um, and you've got you've got something like eight minutes left. What are, what are you thinking of the film so far? You've seen you've seen most of it. Uh, I think it's about to take a turn for the worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not, not going to really not going to enjoy those last handful yeah. of minutes. Um, and uh, because I got the questions out of order, and I'm not going to fix this in post, what happens next? <laughs> what happens next? Well, I think exactly what happens next is that Marta is about to. Uh, puke directly into Ransom's face. (laughs) (laughs) Revealing that she was being untruthful when she said that Fram was fine, and that makes him a murderer now, don't it? He is. Uh, And he is then going to realise what just happened, and he's going to say, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. And he's going to repeat that line and grab a knife from the knife wheel mm. and attempt to use it to snap, snab, snab, to snab Marta. 
To snab. Yeah. Snab her right in the chest. <laughs> and uh, But it's going to turn out to just be a stage prop knife, which goes in and out. And he's going to look a bit embarrassed when he realizes that it's just just prop knife and it goes <laughs> in and out harmlessly. Uh, and then he's going to say, shit. Uh, and then he's going to get taken away and uh, the family are kind of going to look on from the outside as get taken away and we're going to see a shot a bit later on with Marta standing on the balcony uh, with that mug of Harlan's that says uh, my house, my rules, my coffee, I think, <laughs> uh, looking down at them all. And that's kind of the last shot of the film. And then there's going to be some credits. I think that's exactly what happens. Next. Wow. Geez. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. you, uh, I think you've forgotten only one thing, but you can gloss over that detail, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Wow, that was exciting. Okay. Oh no, no, I've remembered. Oh god. It. Oh, god. Uh, and then uh, I've forgotten the name of the character though. Uh, I don't. On. I don't think I can take this. I think. I think. I think. No, I no. think your answer is locked in. No, uh, Linda is going to use a lighter to reveal the um, uh, the invisible writing on the letter that she was given by Harlan, and is going to realize uh, uh realize that she's been cheated on by um by Richard and is going to look over at him as she realizes that uh she's been cheated on okay okay good god listeners you don't you can just totally skip the next episode <laughs> that's, yeah that's, that's everything pr- that happens. that's every everything but without our our charming commentary on it um oh oh boy uh well i guess listeners that brings us to the end of this episode um if you have any questions or comments i guess it's your last chance email us at podcast eight minute movies.co.uk uh if you like the show uh tell a friend uh sacrifice a cultist or uh, leave a comment wherever you listen to it online on the internet uh it, it helps us with engagement which is very important i guess um, and uh, I guess it just leaves us to say where we can be found on the internet. I'm Kieran J. Watt on Twitter, and Peter, you are Kestrel Pie. That's Kestrel, like the bird, and Pie, like the letter P, followed by the letter I. Oh, oh you can't mix it up at this late stage, can't I? Um, well, I suppose you can. <laughs> Although it would be funny if I just went back and copied one of your existing ones over it. I'm too lazy to do that. Mm. <laughs> okay, listeners, we hope you've had a lovely episode. Good, goodbye. Goodbye to you. Goodbye.